0: Kia welcome to Microwave Feminism, a podcast where I explore in conversation with others, what feminism means to us, and how the personal is made political, as my guests share their personal experiences with feminism and politicization, and of course, what it's like to be a badass feminist. Nomai haire mai, welcome, and I hope you enjoy. This is part two of the episode with Oliver. As I warned, there were going to be some views shared in part one that I don't necessarily agree with, but Oliver had indicated some of his views had shifted and we would explore those in part two. So here it is. In this episode, Oliver shares his personal experiences with mental health and how his journey has shaped his understandings of the phrase man up. We reflected on part one and the views Oliver found himself no longer aligned with. This is such a loving and vulnerable conversation and I truly hope that you enjoy it as much as I did.
1: Hello. Hi. Hi, I'm Oliver Mills. How are you doing? Welcome back. Thank you so much for having me.
0: It's a pleasure. And I'm very excited to see what comes out of this conversation today. For those who might not have listened to part one or... Uh, and you completely, who are you?
1: Oliver Mills. I am a student at Victoria University. Um, I'm a martial arts enthusiast. Um, and something I didn't mention last time, which is probably my favorite part about myself right now, uh, I'm an RA, I'm a residential advisor for one of the halls of residence here at in Wellington. As well as that, I am a son to two beautiful parents. I am a brother to three wonderful siblings. I'm a boyfriend and I am a survivor of mental health.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Thank you for giving us a little bit more about you there.
1: Yeah. You threw me for a loop last time you asked that. I didn't <laughs> really know how to, how to answer that. I think the, the main thing I focused on was the fact that I'm a student, and that's really dishonest of me because I think that that's not the main part of my personality, and you know, it's mm. not even, it's not nearly the biggest part, so.
0: Mm. We can do that sometimes, eh? Yeah. Especially at university. Yeah. Okay, second question. We'll give you another crack at this one as well. (laughs) What's something that you're passionate about?
1: Self-improvement. I nearly answer martial arts every time. But self-improvement works better. I I had a rough time of my life when I was around 16 and 17. And for me, I think about it now, and I was either going to find martial arts or religion. Mm. Uh, i happen to find martial arts which mm. is great because i think that's far more fun than, than sitting at church for an hour or two every sunday
0: um, there's a couple more things you can do on the weekends yeah as
1: well. absolutely absolutely so yeah that's that's probably the thing i'm most passionate about right now in my life
0: mm. cool
1: mm.
0: why are we back here today in the microwave under this boiling hot blanket
1: this is, Again, just b- briefly, this is why we need video for this podcast. Yeah. Everyone needs to see how sweaty it is inside the, the new and improved microwave. I initially thought it was improved. I'm not so sure anymore. <laughs> so we're sitting underneath, what have you got here? Tent, tent, tent poles? poles? Tent poles that you've Paged affixed to your bed. bed. Yeah. Brilliant. I mean, l- love the DIY. Thank you. Absolutely love the DIY. We, yeah, so I finished the last podcast having been thrown completely roundabout because a lot of the questions that came up, I was unhappy with my answer. and And I think the reason why was because I hadn't thought about feminism or my thoughts on gender equality or gender inequality for a couple of years. Mm. And so these were answers that I had previously believed – but hadn't tweaked mm. or fine-tuned in a number of years. So they felt quite outdated. And so it felt a lot of the time dishonest, especially when I listened to it back. I, I kept thinking like, man, I, I'm not sure I believe that anymore.
0: Mm.
1: So one of the things I did was I had a chat to some of my residents about and asked them the same sort of questions. I have a, a small group of residents that I call themselves the Girl Gang. They're absolutely wonderful. They're some of the most fantastic people I've ever met. And they grilled me on this. And and I needed to be grilled on it because a lot of what I said was just really outdated. Mm. So I messaged you and I said, hey, have me on for part two because I think some of my opinions have changed. And I think they will continue to change as I look into this a little bit further because I was, I'll say, arrogant when I first came on here. I, I didn't prepare. I didn't rekindle any of my views. I didn't I didn't attempt to adjust them. I just came in here thinking, I think I know what I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and when the questions came firing, I, I realised how outdated I was.
0: Mm. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's start sort of diving into that a little bit. Do you want to start us off with, when you left last time mm-hmm. and you started talking to your, your girl gang, <laughs> what was kind of one of the first things that was kind of like, oh pang, that didn't sit right or something has shifted?
1: The first thing, even walking home, was the... The first question, what is a woman to me? I made the... <laughs> I very, very arrogantly made the scientific claim of... Um, and I got this wrong. I know I, you like, did. Which is... Oh, I was nailed for it. Um, <laughs> I was nailed for it. XX chromosome. And
0: I didn't know either, which I it apologize right? for. It was correct, yes. XX
1: chromosome. Yeah, I mean, host of the podcast.
0: I, I told you I'm not a scientist. Neither I made I. it very clear.
1: No, fair enough, fair enough. So I am not a scientist, and I decided to take this scientific view... <laughs> For whatever reason, I can tell you the reason actually it was i just i just later or earlier in the week rather I'd been watching this this case of a mixed martial arts fighter who was a transgender female who transitioned quite late in life and so was a male for the first i don't know i can't remember the age but twenty something years of 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 her life and then transitioned into to a female and became a mixed martial arts fighter and didn't disclose to the to the to the company that they were born male and so this person had been walking around with large amounts of testosterone and was just beating the shit out of women and so and that just did not ring true with me at all I I didn't like that so I think the mindset I was in at the time was the scientific one in terms of sport but I, I that I still believe, but a woman is is anyone who identifies as a woman. I overcomplicated the question for myself. A woman is anyone who identifies as a woman. Now, the specifics when it gets into sport are a lot more difficult to, to pan out, but that was one of the things I asked, I asked the girl gang. I, I said, like, what is a woman? And, and it, without hesitation, the answer was, like, anyone who identifies as a woman. Mm. And I, I thought, oh, good God, like, how I complicated that question. Yeah. That was probably the first thing that came into my mind. That was like the biggest one.
0: And where did it go from there? How did it start? Well,
1: then it was just a deconstruction of of all that I thought.
0: <laughs> so, so super chill then. <laughs>
1: yeah, pretty casual. Just my entire, you know, paradigm of 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 knowledge just shifted entirely. I was I happened to be wrong about most of the things I thought. No, I. I realized after that was like here is something, so seemingly simple, that I had. I had missed and so I thought I have at least two years of catching up to do so I I waited for the podcast to come out I listened to the podcast and then I I went through and and either doubled down on my views or readjusted them
0: you told me yesterday when we were catching up that there was a lot of personal stories behind some of the things you shared Mm. that you didn't go into what would you like to share
1: absolutely so the one thing that came to mind was in the in the podcast in part one i say i quite liked the approach of man up which is really arrogant sounding if you don't know uh, my history with mental health which of course most people wouldn't I, i i can get into that the man up phrase comes from i had a absolutely horrific time of life when I was 16 and, and 17 leading through to 18 where I fell into a horrible, horrible depression that really, really took my entire life apart, shattered many relationships, nearly tore my family apart it was the result of putting me in hospital on numerous occasions and at probably probably the lowest point had me spend, I think about it, I think it was in there for about a week in the starship, this was when I was 16 at the time, the starship mental ward trying to readjust back to back to normal life and and so I it, without knowing any of that without knowing that I've, I've really dealt with mental distress the saying of man up sounds like it definitely sounds It sounded I mean I listened to the podcast like it came from someone who had absolutely no right to to speak up about that mm-hmm. um, and that's a mistake on my part but I stick by it not entirely but I stick by it mm. Now the reason I say it and the reason I stick by it is because I tried everything. We we really tried absolutely everything. I was on every medication possible. I had psychologists and the dozens, counselors and in, in large large quantities. I spent most weeks at the doctors. Like I said, I was admitted to the hospital on numerous occasions and nothing seemed to seemed to seemed to help. Really, at all, one thing that really was just a driving force was this idea of taking responsibility for yourself, and so I attempted to do that i it, that started with i 'm sure everyone's heard the meme cleaning my room before that even it was making my bed so this at this time i was I was just so miserable and difficult that i I barely left the house. I could not really get out of bed, and I certainly didn't make it. my mum being the ever caring and loving person that she is would make my bed and clean up after me because i'm assuming she thought it would that would at least keep you know some things as normal as they could be mm-hmm. she was right she was definitely right she's she's a she's a superhero for if that alone but i told her i needed to i needed to do this one thing so i told her hey mom you can't make my bed anymore Um, and that forced me to do it Mm. which is a tiny thing but it was it was really the start of everything and so when i say man up i mean not man up like shelter your emotions and push them aside it's more take responsibility for yourself and looking after your own mental health and do some things for yourself Mm. because you can't sit idly by while this thing kills you Mm. so and I have to there are a few people I have to mention that was not the only thing that 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 saved my life it was one of the driving forces but I had an absolute support team of just the most wonderful wonderful people you've ever met two parents that would sacrifice themselves their own happiness and nearly their marriage to to save their child just the most beautiful friends that you've ever met to name a couple Flynn Kelly who lives in Dunedin who uh, picked me up one day in a, in the industrial area of 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 Tauranga when I was having an ap- huge huge panic attack, mental health breakdown. Max Salmon, who a very dear friend of mine who lives here in Wellington with us, who spent a day with me when I was allowed out of Starship Hospital, which was the first normal day I'd had in in a year and a half. I attribute a lot of my of my survival for that. And uh, and an ex girlfriend of mine, uh, Zoe Phillips, who was just more supportive than you could ever ask for and just did far too much for me. She's an absolutely wonderful, wonderful human being as well as all of my extended family. Jess Mills who was living in Auckland at the time and was uh, driving down every now and then to see me. My middle brother Dylan Mills who was the very difficult and, and, and supportive brother who really struggled with it. And Scott Martin, my eldest brother who was... It was wonderful as well i I had the most fantastic support team so man up will will manning up will not do it alone but it certainly helped
0: and do you think that the phrase you know man up Mm -hmm. or maybe maybe better to put it the action that you took taking responsibility Mm. that's something that anyone can do and should do absolutely and maybe maybe it's needed more for certain types of people than others Mm -hmm. i don't know what types but possibly Maybe, yeah, if there's, if there's more reliance on others, but if you're struggling with mental health, then, like, you need to be relying on others. And to have Absolutely. all those amazing people around you Absolutely. to rely on is so important. Yeah. So, so what did it look like, I guess, when you began to man up or take responsibility?
1: It was immediate action. That was really the thing. Like I said, it was, it was cleaning my room. Mm. and it really started there. So first of all it was it was making my bed. And then when I figured out I can do that, I said, okay, maybe I can maybe I can clean my one small corner of the world, which was my room. This is the only place where I uh, I own and I exist. And so I cleaned that up. And what you find from that is there's there's not much difference between your room, your your place of resonance and your mind. Mm. Your room is usually just a extension of your mind, and so if you have a messy room, oftentimes you'll find that your mind is is jumbled and in need of order as well.
0: Mm.
1: And and from there it was, okay, I can clean my room. Okay, I can control one thing in this world. Is there anything else I can control? Okay, maybe I can control tomorrow. Okay, then time starts to become a a, a thing that you can that you can bargain with and play with. And so I can control this physical thing, which is my room. Now maybe I can control tomorrow. Okay, what am I doing tomorrow? Let's let's make it something slightly productive. Let's not sit down and wallow. Maybe mm. I can do that. Maybe I'm maybe I'm capable of getting out of bed and going for a walk. Mm. And so it was just constant micro steps towards towards what? Towards personal responsibility. That's the end goal. It's just I need to be as responsible for myself as I can. Because this support network is the only thing keeping me up, but I owe it to them. I really do owe it to them to be able to stand up on my own two feet one day. Yeah. And the support network is what allows you as much time as you're given. But at the end of the day, the, the step is yours. Mm. You know, standing up on your own two feet is something only you alone can do. And taking one step, that's you. Mm-hmm. Taking another step is you. The support network holds you. It really does. But where you want to be is running at the end of the day.
0: Mm.
1: And you can get there. It's just incredible, incredible micro steps.
0: I was at this mental health festival last weekend and someone said that recovery is a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, mental health, that's not a choice. No, no one would yep. choose to suffer. <laughs> but recovery, yep. you know, taking those micro steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's responsibility there. <sighs> Ooh, heavy. Has to be. It has to be the,
1: the, there's something that maybe i'm unsure of now with the so for me man up as a phrase was about taking pers- personal responsibility but it, it has a gender connotation to it and i i don't know why and maybe i should say you know take personal responsibility rather than man up mm. but to me that was a that was a phrase given by my father and my grandfathers and all of the positive male role models I've had in my life and that's what it meant that's always what it meant I I never got from that push your feelings down you know and shove them to the side it was always hey you could do better than you are right now and that's on you you need to take personal responsibility for yourself now that's not condemning someone for suffering through mental health but that is like you said before recovery is a choice that's fantastic it's really true it's a very difficult choice and mm. we can't take that away at all mm. the most difficult thing I've ever been through is, is and it sounds horrible but choosing to get better mm. quite easily the most difficult thing I've ever done but I got that from male role models and, and to me that was it was a positive aspect of masculinity
0: mm. what else does a positive male role model look like to you
1: I think a role model in general is just someone to strive towards. Um, Not someone to hold in a Christ-like manner, (laughs) but someone whose actions you would want to replicate.
0: And what's that? If it's a male role model, what does that look like for you?
1: It's someone who takes personal responsibility for themselves.
0: Mm.
1: Every time. You're not going to... I I can't imagine myself following someone or, or wanting to be like someone who doesn't take responsibility for themselves and the the further up that gets the so the male role models I have aren't people who just take responsibility for themselves because that's not the last step what you want to do is take responsibility for yourself and then maybe take responsibility for someone else and that's probably you're going to be your family or your friends and then if you can do that then maybe you can take responsibility of your wider community and then you get into, you know, the larger community or the grander scope of things. And then maybe you're the kind of person that can take responsibility for yourself and a great number of people. Mm. That's the Christ ideal, right? Christ took all of the sins of man upon himself. What he was doing there was taking responsibility for mm. all of humankind. Mm. That's just that process laid out in its full extent, as far as you can go.
0: Mm. That, that actually makes me think of environmental activism things because when we do things that help the environment, we're taking responsibility Absolutely. for all humankind. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I almost feel, I don't know, how do you feel when, let's say, a man takes more and more and more responsibility? How do you think, I guess, how do you think feminism could help in that?
1: How do I think feminism could encourage men? Yeah. To take more responsibility? Yeah.
0: Or not, if you don't think
1: so. I, I think it can. I, I really do. But it's – yeah, no, I'll, I'll be optimistic. I, I think it can. I think what that requires, though, is an honest assessment of whether or not toxic masculinity is masculinity as such. Because that seems to be the, the argument that's pushed. It's most aspects of masculinity are toxic. And that is harmful because one of the aspects of masculinity is taking responsibility for yourself and your family, mm. and it's hard to do that when you're having toxic masculinity shoved down, shoved it down your throat.
0: Mm. Yeah, if you were to if you were to describe, I think you did talk about this a little bit last time, but mm-hmm. if you were to give your sort of take as to which aspects of masculinity might be toxic, which aspects weren't, you, could you just like in your life?
1: Let us run us through those. So the taking responsibility for yourself, I think that's a positive aspect of masculinity. A negative aspect of masculinity would be shoving down your feelings out of fear of being seen as weak. Mm. That's definitely a negative aspect of masculinity. Positive aspect of masculinity would be... i will say this idea of strength. The idea of being able to hold your own. And the idea of being able to be feared. I think plays out negatively sometimes. Yeah. Absolutely. But as a overall as a positive thing for for a family environment if it's controlled.
0: Yeah. You you've said something like this before and maybe not I don't agree that to the full extent of it but someone who is who has an incredible amount of physical or emotional as in they could attack emotionally strength <laughs> but chooses not to use it. Yep. is incredibly disciplined mm-hmm. and in control and strong. Yeah. And that's a positive thing.
1: Yeah. We use this term gentle man, Right? You take those two gentle- words mm-hmm. as they are. Gentle and man and you think okay well what is gentle? It's someone who's you know quite like I'll say like a house cat you know just soft and, and playful and then a man is whatever you need that to be anyone who describes himself as a man or identifies as a man. But when you put those two words together, that's not the idea that's that's given yeah that those definitions do not combine, cause, yeah, because a gentleman is not a man who is soft and like a plaything, mm. right A gentleman is something usually to be feared, and so what that idea really means is someone capable of great violence who is very active in choosing not to
0: because
1: mm. that's what you want that's mm. I really think that's what you want to be. You don't want to be weak. And, and and like a house gay. I mean a lot of people that are that are nice and it's not that they're nice because they're good people, it's because they have absolutely no violence or evil in them. And that that doesn't make you a good person necessarily. That just makes you incapable of of anything bad. I think I think it's better to be to
0: choose not to be. Hm. Hmm. I'm thinking of this in relation to myself and and you know when you get like emotional outbursts and you actively don't act on it yeah. what i was what i was thinking about before is i was learning recently or reading recently about how we create because of the gender binary man woman and and, and kind of those are the options yeah. we create false what are they called F- false opposites so you're saying that a positive aspect of masculinity is this idea of strength and i 100 percent agree mm-hmm. and just because an aspect of masculinity is strength doesn't mean that an aspect of femininity isn't also strength absolutely and that's what I think. That's what one of the huge issues is: is that we say, "Yeah, that's that's true," and therefore women must be yeah. weak. But no, they're not opposites. No,
1: no, 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 no. Just because A does not mean B.
0: No, exactly. And that really, that really frustrates me because I agree, and I think that we've talked a lot previously about teaching young men and talking to young men about doing good with or being able to control or yep. being able to step into their masculinity yep. in a way that is conducive to a good society, a loving society and a society where men don't treat other people like shit because they're acting on, I don't know, a lack of control. Yep.
1: Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. I think the, the idea that <laughs> Look, we're not we're not very different men and women. Inherently we are, but we are very much the same being. And so my like masculine traits aren't the opposite of feminine no. traits. No. They're just slight differences and you find overlaps all the time. Mm. Strength in, in masculinity does not mean weakness in femininity.
0: Mm.
1: That's clearly not the case. Have you heard Judith Collins speak? <laughs> Or how just Cinder Ardern holds herself. That's not the case at all. Mm. They're just differences.
0: Mm. The other day I was re-watching a, a, a lecture from my class. I love it so much. And she was mentioning this point that, you know, if an alien came and looked at Earth, they would see us as all the same. Yep. Compared to themselves, We are all—we no matter what we identify as, we would all look the same. Yep. But yet we here look for all these differences and then, yeah, give meaning to them mm-hmm. in, in a way that isn't really productive conducive mm-hmm. to a, a loving society
1: yeah we happen to be slightly built for different roles and, yeah. we, and we fill different roles differently the, the same way that no two humans are exactly the same yeah right? personal identity has huge plays, but at the end of the day we are just another species of animal trying to replicate our genes mm. and we're trying our best to survive against the brutal force that is mother nature who's constantly trying to kill us with lots of lots of things and, and not to say that we aren't a hell on the earth because we are very we difficult. We are not a plague. We're not a plague. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot, cannot, disagree, cannot disagree more with that. We're not a plague. We are just trying to survive. And, and we're difficult on Mother Nature, but she's sure as hell no simple force for us either.
0: Hmm. Okay, threading our way back. Was there anything else that you wanted to share in terms of personal stories you wanted to share or, or places you've come to now that you weren't at before?
1: So... One of the things that I was very unsure about was this definition of being a feminist. It's something I've, I've talked extensively with, the girl gang. <laughs> I
0: love this girl I gang. I
1: constantly refer to this girl gang. I I, I won't name them, but but they, they know who they are, and <laughs> they are. They mean more to me than, than they could ever understand. I, I'm really, really thankful that I've met these kids. Young That's adults. Not, yeah, let's these not young, call them these children. These <laughs> ad- I'm not much older than they are. Yeah. And they are much brighter than I am, so... <laughs> Definitely not kids. One of the things that that was brought up was the fact that I am very hesitant to call myself a feminist. We talked about this last time, and it's in large part because I am unsure with what that entails. Mm. And something that that we uh, I discussed this with them last night in preparation for this podcast, because and and they were saying that look. If you believe that men and women should be equal, then you're a feminist. And again, I was hesitant, but I said, okay. And I asked them this question. I said, the same way that I'm six foot, now six foot is about 182 centimetres, I think. Um, I'm, By the way, I'm not six foot. I fucking wish I wasn't. But I'm 5'11". and I will be the first male to, to admit to that. I'm not six foot. I am 5'11". But the same way that I'm six foot that also makes me 182 centimeters. Now, that is not a fact that I can argue. That is just simply what is. And I asked them, is that the same way that I believe that men and women should be equal because I do believe that I am therefore a feminist? Do those two things follow? And they said, yes. And without hesitation, I said, okay, I am a feminist. And there was a round of applause and then <laughs> great uproar because they'd finally broken down one man and, and, and joined him to their side. I said, okay, fantastic. Look, I'm willing to accept that if that is just what that is. But then they do this little intellectual sleight of hand. One of the girl gang said, and I won't name names, I'll talk to them after this. One of the girl gang said, If you're a feminist, then you have to believe in the patriarchy. And I said, okay, well, no. You're not allowed to sneak me in on this guise of, you know, you believe in in gender equality because, like, you'll struggle to find someone who doesn't. But you're not allowed to sneak me in on that and then attach to me all these other ideas. I said, no, that's not the case. And then one of the other girl gangs said, look, imagine feminism as a big circle you know, or, or an umbrella, and on top of that umbrella is this definition, right? Men and women should be equal, or one of the definitions. Men and women should be equal. I absolutely agree with that. Absolutely. But then underneath this umbrella, or in the circle that she said, the fact that men and women should be equal is only a small part. And you have all these other things, And that's the intellectual sleight of hand that I completely disagree with and that makes me incredibly pessimistic about it and very, very hesitant to to say that I'm a feminist because what was done there and and, and what what that makes me feel like is we pull you in with this guise of something that you just can't disagree with, right? Men and women should be equal. Of course. Oh my god, of course. Anyone that doesn't believe that needs to be paraded in the street, right? They need to be sat down for a very long period of time and they need to, they need to read a great number of books to, to figure that out. But then they say, okay, you're with us. Here's all the other things that we believe in. You now have to believe in these things. I reject the dichotomy of that.
0: Mm. I think what my approach would be, if, if I got you to the point where you were like, okay, I'm a feminist, which would be, you know, you know great in a way. It it doesn't really mean much, to be honest, unless there's action. action. But what I think would be be my approach is then, okay, now go off and figure out what that means to you.
1: Mm.
0: Because, like you said, it's pretty easy to think, if you don't think that men and women and all people on earth are equal, then fuck you. Like, go away. Yeah. (laughs) Or go and educate yourself. But but equally, just because you think that men and women and all people should be equal, yeah, it doesn't mean that you're contributing anything towards the same Right, feminist, it doesn't mean that you act
1: in. that idea out. And that's what you need to be doing. You need, yeah. to, you need to not only believe, because you can say that you believe things and, and people do all the time and then act differently. Yeah. That's why most Christians aren't religious.
0: Yeah.
1: You or, know, spiritual. Or, or spiritual. Or spiritual. I wrote this essay on the ideas of abortion in the Catholic Church in, in which I called out the Pope's faith Based on his his denial of you know allowing women the the right to choose over their own body based on the scripture in Genesis that says men and women are created equal and in this case we give men complete and utter autonomy of their bodies but not women.
0: Great I say, example.
1: Yeah, I say if you're gonna if you're gonna believe the if you're gonna be the speaker of God and believe everything that's said in this book then you have to agree with utter autonomy for women.
0: Can we have a round of applause? That was brilliant. <laughs> Thank
1: you. No, but the yeah so. I I agree, this belief, this saying, this sentence needs to be acted out or it means absolutely nothing. I've said that for a a number of years now. Look, I don't care what you say. I don't care what you think. I care what you do and how you act. It's the only thing that I can check.
0: Mm. So, okay, so I would like to know, if we we take that as still true, so as the people should be equal, I'm just going to say all people just because men and women is not descriptive for yep. everyone. Yep. If, so all people will be equal. We'll take that as the, okay, I'm a feminist. Mm-hmm. What would you then, what do you think you can do? What's your action? And it can be, I just want to make it clear, like that can be as small as you want or as big as you want.
1: Mm-hmm. Now that question I struggle with. Mm. It came up last night in a conversation with the girl gang, um, the infamous girl gang and it's what we were talking about was the, the difficulty that women find themselves in when looking for jobs based on the fact that there is this insistence behind them that they will settle down and have kids therefore taking several years off of the job taking them out of the workplace and, and they find discrimination based on that now that's the case and that fucking sucks. That is that is most certainly the case. So, what we talked about last night was put in a position like that where you're the one to decide who the best candidate is. Oh God, it's difficult. Now, you and it's not. I'm not. I'm definitely not saying choose the woman every time, but you should certainly choose the best person for the job. Hmm based on who's going to do the best work. Mm. That's not who's most likely to to have kids and take time off work. It's who's, who's the brightest person here? Who's going to work the hardest and who's the smartest? And then choosing them. Now I'm not in that position where I'm able to, to hire people. So I, I don't, I don't face that choice, but I think you can live out ideals before they become choices in your life. So all that I can attempt to be is the kind of person that would hire the woman candidate if she was in her 30s or if she was 35 or or near childbearing age. Whatever the fuck that is. Whatever the fuck that is. What I should be is I, I need to act out being the kind of person that would hire the woman if she was more qualified. Yeah. And have no bias based on the fact that she may or may not have kids. Yeah. The same goes for promoting. Promote people people equally.
0: I think it's quite interesting that we can recognise that those biases happen. I think that recognising them is actually really important. So you saying now, like, okay, let's put myself in the position of a hiring person and, and see what happens in my brain, and the fact that something comes up that's like, okay, well, this this woman is is as as maybe as qualified as the as her male counterpart, but might take a, take time off to have kids recognising that happens in your brain is super important. It's like this whole thing about being anti-racist. We're white people, both of us. We say, I have tendencies in my brain that are racist and I'm actively trying to overcome them. I think that that's a good thing. I don't think it's helpful to be like, no, 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 I'm not sexist and I'm not racist at all. I'm, I'm, I am I'm, perfect human. I am all good. Oh, no, we've done
1: the studies. and we've, I mean, you
0: look at studies on
1: tribalism, it's an inherent fact that, that we we tend to... Towards people who look like us. Yeah, we we disproportionately serve things, yeah. whatever, literally things, whatever it is, yeah. to people not that look like us, but that are in our group, whatever that grouping may be. Yeah. And that's because you know we want what's best for our cohort, whatever that cohort may be. And it's theorised that it's just because that we're in that cohort mm. and we can empathise. I mean, it, it's the case that you can empathise better with with people who's, who, who you align with. Mm you agree with or who you look like or who you who you are.
0: That's actually so interesting. That's made me think that, you know, the the reason I love having these conversations with people and look forward to, to continuing it is because now that you've shared this personal story of your own mental health journey, there is a whole bunch of people out there who would who you're now part of their cohort or like they're mm. part of your cohort. Mm-hmm. Or you know, you have this connection and then there's empathy, right? Yep and that's that's why i love this and that's why i'm wow, that's why i'm so glad and, and grateful that you that you could that you've shared that of course
1: no I, i'm very open with with the mental health struggles i've had in the past it's it was a horrific journey it was really the, the most difficult thing that not only i but my family have been through and, and it was it was horrible and nearly it's not just your life that you that you're taking and you realize that years later it's it's not just your life to take now that sounds terrible. But
0: I don't
1: think that sounds terrible. It's a it's a yeah, it's a No, it's a, it's a it was a horrible journey and and I I know that that listening to other people talk about it helped me a lot. Mm. So I'm completely open and honest with that with the idea of talking about it. So if anyone ever needs to talk about mental health struggles, I'm I'm there and I've been through it. I've gone very far down the ladder, very far down the ladder. I was I was an absolute, absolute mess in complete disarray, my life was as chaotic as you could as you could possibly imagine and so talk- yeah talking about that helps me as well mm. and, and and there's a there's a stigma around it, and when you talk about it there's a there's a there's a pullback from a lot of people, and that needs to go because it's happening way too often mm. happening
0: far 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 too often and you almost have that you know you have the the mana for lack of a better term as a male that has struggled with mental health to open up that conversation in a way that you know people might be like Ooh, not sure about that mm-hmm. but this guy's doing it so maybe it's all good there's this initiative down in Otago called it's not awkward bro and it's about trying to get trying to get men together to talk about mental health cool. And it's fucking awesome yeah cool because and 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 similarly with saying like like I think I might be a feminist I might not agree with everything but I might be a feminist let's talk about that that I think for me too like that's helpful I think it's helpful for other guys to be like okay well this guy has said it what does it mean to him what is it what is it what does it mean to me how can I mm-hmm. what what does that look like in action yeah I think that that's really helpful absolutely and one of the reasons I I'm not just I'm not just going to have people who aren't male on this podcast because I think that that can provide a really useful voice going forward
1: i agree i i love i love this podcast I, I i listened to leilani's one as well which was absolutely fantastic man that chick is a powerhouse of intellect and 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 love and, and just family vibes she's she's mm. truly wonderful and uh, kudos to you for for, for doing this because I think you're in, I, was, I was listening to that one and, and my podcast and you're a fantastic interviewer nothing but nothing but attentive and this is again why we need why we need cameras in here so people can see how how beautifully and direct this, this conversation is nothing but eye contact the whole time is been nothing but smiles and happiness and, and love for each other so, so mm. well done for you for, for doing this I'm, mm. I'm, I'm happy to know you
0: thank you I I feel lovely that this is coming to an organic finish. I have have so enjoyed this conversation.
1: This was far better than the last one.
0: So I want to do something with you. This might feel a bit uncomfortable. Brilliant. I've started doing this thing called I am statements with people. And it's making an I am statement and then saying something afterwards that either could be negatively charged but you make it positive or just something that I am and then you say it and it's just an empowering statement for you to say.
1: Brilliant. How many do we do?
0: A couple. Just go back and forth. I am a strong woman. I am loved. Hmm. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Top there. (laughs) It's not a competition. (laughs) I am learning.
1: I am full of faults.
0: Hmm. I am curious, and I ask questions.
1: I'm doing my best.
0: Okay, so my final question for you, what's something that you'll take away from this conversation today?
1: I'm really glad I came back on, because I'm really glad I went on in the first place, actually, I'll say, because it made me check a lot of the ideas that I had, and, and it, it made me realise how how outdated some of these thing, things were that I that I said. I won't say that I thought, but that I said, and and what coming back on and and, and I'll say changing my mind um, has done is has made me realise that I need to maybe maybe there's some other aspects of my life that I haven't looked at. In a a number of years, and so I'm going to need to do that, and I think that's what I'm going to be doing for the for the next little while.
0: That's awesome. Thank you so much. I love you.
1: Love you too.